Casino. High Five Casino is a social casino with real prizes and big Vegas hits at HighFiveCasino.com. The hottest games right from Vegas and all winnings go straight to your bank account. Hundreds of exclusive games, free daily rewards, and come back to get free coins every four hours. Only at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details at HighTheNumberFiveCasino.com. I'm going out with the girls this weekend. Nails done, outfit stunner, and my skin. I know it's going to be glowing because I glammed up my shower routine with new Olay Indulgent Moisture Body Wash. It smells so luxurious and deeply moisturizes with its super rich, creamy lather that's bursting with vitamin B3 complex. So my skin glows and my confidence grows. Try new Olay Indulgent Moisture Body Wash for glowing skin in just 14 days. Before AI can help your business predict demand, accelerate growth, inform decisions, automate tasks, reveal insights, generate content, you have to trust it. Introducing WatsonX Governance. Helping you govern any AI as data, models, and policies change so you can scale it responsibly. Let's create AI that begins with trust with WatsonX Governance. Learn more at ibm.com slash governance. IBM, let's create. Baseball fans, BetMGM is giving you the chance to win a prize every day during the baseball season. Step into the batter's box for BetMGM's Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. Pick an area of the strike zone and take your best swing. If you get a single, double, triple, or home run, you'll receive a prize. Smash a home run to collect a bonus bet on us. Just log into your BetMGM sports account to get started. Then visit your promotions section to access the Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. There's nothing more exciting than going yard with the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. Must be 21 plus and present in Ohio. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards vary depending on market and expire 24 hours from issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In partnership with MGM Northfield Park. I guess I'm starting this one. Uh, hi, welcome to It Could Happen Here. It's a show... If you're listening to this episode, you probably listened to the last one. So I hope you, so. You know, you know what it's about. Yeah, please do. Uh, don't start. With, I mean, I guess you could start with this one because this one is sort of wildly different from the last one. But this yeah, one, we're rewriting it so they all survive. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't. I, no yes. one gets executed this episode. Yes, that is that is a win. That's a and win, the cosmists come. The Russian cosmists come, and they resurrect at least Kaneko Fumiko. Um. The rest, give or take, whatever. Maybe the children could be resurrected. That's how I would prioritize it in that order. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, and that voice you're hearing is uh, Margaret Kiljoy, host of Cool Host Zone of Media's CPW DCS. Cool people who did cool stuff, a Cool Zone Media podcast that is launching its first episode on May 2nd. And episodes are every Monday and Wednesday. I did it. Okay. Woo. That's true. All of the things are true, except the cosmos part. <laughs> yeah, the, the cosmists. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe they'll still pull it off. All right. As as of yet. So we're we're gonna go back a little bit. Um, 
we, we ended the last episode in 1923, 1924 with everyone sort of dead. Um, but the, the reason that also didn't wipe out the, anarch- the anarchist movement was that there's, a, there's another sort of wing of it. And the other wing of it is in, in 1918, 1917, 1918, labor movement in Japan reemerges. And it reemerges because there's the war, like Japan mm-hmm. fights in World War I. And uh, there's just like mass inflation and deprivation. And so even though striking is like unbelievably illegal, people do it anyways, because the alternative is just starving to death. And so there's this reformist trade union that eventually becomes the Japanese Confederation of Labor that swells in numbers to about 30,000 people. And I should mention like 30,000 people is like, it doesn't sound like that big for a union. I think this is the biggest any union is going to get in this period. I think okay. this union might get slightly bigger than that, but like, yeah, most of the unions don't crack 20K because the, the the size of the Japanese industrial working class isn't that big, and also the amount of repression is unbelievable. But, you know, ha- having 30,000 people in your union means that uh, your union is now the site of Japanese intra-left conflict, which is wonderful. <laughs> I mean, it um, only and, took know, like sort of three people for th- the there is actually like a, to fuck people up. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> there's like, you know, there's a period where everyone kind of gets along. Like, like all of, there was like everyone in the Japanese left knows each other. Like, all they're all dating each other. Like, this is true. Like, you know, we've been talking about all the anarchists dating each other. But the anarchists and the communists are all dating each other. Like, the reformists are also dating each other. Like, they're all sort of like, everyone knows each other. And for like a bit, they're sort of able to get along. Uh, but with, with, with the, the, uh, the Japanese Confederation of uh, Labor, this lasts for like one year. And by 1921, the anarchists and the Bolsheviks have split over the question of the USSR after the anarchists published like Emma Goldman <laughs> writing about how it's bad actually. And suddenly these yeah. two factions are like, yeah, these two factions are like fighting tooth and nail for control of like the entire left because like these, these, these groups are like the anarchists, and the communists are in every social movement. Like they're, they're in, they're in labor, they're in the feminist movement, they're in this movement that like we haven't really talked about, but is going on the background of all of this, which is the uh, Burakumin liberation movement. Um, the Burakumin are this like they're this like hereditary class. I'm pronouncing that extremely badly, and I, I apologize. Um, but this hereditary class in like the old feudal system, which is like technically abolished in the late 1800s, but like discrimination against them continues. It, it, it's it's very similar to like the like the untouchable uh, like the untouchables mm-hmm. in India, and so they they have this sort of movement, and the anarchists back it, and the communists yeah. like waffle on it because yeah, they're course. bolsheviks mm-hmm. it takes them like a while before they're like no 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 uh, 1925 we're, we're fully backing this now and so yeah you know th- that gets wrapped up in this this giant battle for the control of the left and the battle for the control of the left leads to like one of history's most common alliances which is bolsheviks allying with reformists who like also favor like centralized control to fight the anarchists who don't want centralized control yeah there, there are many new things. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> yep. And, and, in the labor movement, this this plays out in this battle over like where power is supposed to be in a union confederation. So you know the question basically is: Is it supposed to be in the federation bureaucracy, like the people at like the the sort of high level of the bureaucracy itself, or is it supposed to be in the unions who are like the part of this federation? Mm-hmm. And and this has real consequences. You know, like in, in a lot of sort of centralized union federations, like the central union bureaucracy are the people who decide if you can strike or not. Mm-hmm. And, you know, 
This is extremely useful to both reformist bureaucrats who want to make sure nobody goes on strike because they have their deal with the capitalists and they, they don't want a revolution to happen. And it's also very useful for the Bolsheviks who uh, want to make sure they can purge anyone who they don't like and also want to make sure the, the union movement is just like an extension of their politics. Mm-hmm. And so th- there's this huge battle and it ends with basically like th- both the Bolsheviks and the reformists pull out of the union. Whoa, so the anarchists win. Eh, sort of. Well, they, they, the, the, it's a Pyrrhic the, victory. There's like nothing left. Yeah. Well, it's not that there's nothing left. So like 20,000 members go with the reformists, like 12,000 go with the Bolsheviks, and about 8,000 go with the anarchists. Oh. Okay. So, the so don't it's win. not the best, but they, they, they rebuild. And, and into this fray steps uh, arguably Japan's greatest anarchist theorist of, of this period, Hata Shuzo. Okay. And uh, this guy is a character. I, he's 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 barely known in Japan. I mean, th- 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 there was a sort of like renaissance in, in Hadashuzo scholarship when this one guy named John Krupp wrote this book called Hadashuzo, uh, Hadashuzo and Pure Anarchism in Interwar Japan, which is a mouthful of a title. But I'm just going to keep plugging this because like this is the book that made me an anarchist. Like this is like I checked this book out from a library uh-huh. and I read it and I was like, oh, my God, I'm an anarchist now. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, Fuck yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. He has, he has like a okay, Shuzo has a wild story. Um, he, he's born in he's born in Japan in December eighth, eighteen eighty six, and he sort of like bounces around like different manual labor jobs in Tokyo. And like at one point, he 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 wants to be like a uh, he, he tries to be like I don't know if it's a long trip. My like he, he wants to be like a sailor. Mm-hmm. So he gets on a boat and he's going to be a sailor. And then he after like one sail ride to Taiwan, he immediately decides he doesn't want to be a sailor anymore. So he just gets off the boat and leaves and doesn't come back. I feel like that's what I would do if I decided. I was oh be yeah, a yeah. <laughs> like that job, especially in like the, the nineteen like twenties. That job seems awful. Yeah, you're like, I oh, I want adventure. adventure, and then you're like, oh, adventure means bad things happen. Yeah, okay, no. <laughs> it's like I mean, I, I I I guess I understand why all these people are anarchists because like that is a terrible job. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so Shuzo winds up sort of just like wandering around Taiwan. And one of the things that happens when he's wandering around Taiwan, by the way, is a, a Japanese colony at this point. Um, okay. And while he's wandering around Taiwan, he becomes a Christian and he like goes to school okay. as like a theologian, but then he drops out, but then he somehow still becomes a pastor because I, I don't know. This guy's career is wild. Uh, no, Shizo is not like a normal pastor. Uh, he rapidly starts pissing off like everyone around him because he's like, Every, all of his sermons are just him antagonizing rich people and preaching this like very very left wing version of the gospel. Yeah, so he uh, like read just... the Bible. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's incredible. There's this Weird. great quote from uh, uh, Hadashizu and Pure Anarchism in Interwar Japan about his time as a pastor from like someone who was there. It was uh, Pastor Hada's sermons were superb, so much so that I thought it was a shame that more people were not there to hear them. It was like the Bible talking in the spirit of pure socialism. And one of my friends admired Pastor Hada so much that he asked him to celebrate his marriage. Yeah. And you know, this, like, this so does not make... priest the, is going around. Yeah, yeah. See, well, it's funny because so he, so he starts, like, as a Christian, right? But, like, mm-hmm. he just, like, progressively keeps getting more and more left-wing and, and keeps realizing that, like, okay, so there's the kingdom of God in heaven right but like what if we did that here mm-hmm. and and like as he's getting like as he's pissing off more of the church um and as like their their, their infighting gets bigger he's becoming just more and more of an anarchist and mm-hmm. by the end he just like gets he gets booted out by his church and he's just like okay i'm an anarchist propagandist now and so in 1924 he just like yeah. leaves and he's like well i'm an anarchist now okay um okay. 
And Shuzo becomes what's known as a pure anarchist. And this is something that is like entirely unique to Japan. That like there, there's nothing there's this doesn't exist anywhere else. Um and, and this is different than like like basically every other anarchist theorist and movement in Japan until this point has been like something you can find parallels with in other anarchist movements around the globe. Like there are nihilists in lots of countries, there's egoists everywhere, mm-hmm. like there's syndicalists literally in every country that's ever existed. And they mostly sort of believe the same things. Um, you know, and you, you mm-hmm. get some like like Osuke Sakai's like combination of egoism and syndicalism is like it's cool yeah, but like it's, is, I like that idea but yeah yeah it's a good idea but it's also not like it's like he's, he's, not, he's not like the, he's not the first person to ever do this mm-hmm. right and like the Japanese syndicalist movement is is built in the mold of like the the French syndicalist in the CGT which is this big union uh actually they're still around today they're so in like the very early 1900s, they were there. There were sort of an anarcho syndicalist union in like like 1906. Mm-hmm. They have this famous charter that's like anarchist, but then they go reformist and they like they vote for World War World War One. And now they're famous for uh, there's been like 12 things that probably could have been a revolution in France if the CGT had ever a single time went to the barricades and they never do. <laughs> like just never uh-huh. ever. That's like their whole thing. Like like they, they sat out May 68. Like that's the, the, impressive. The, 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 yeah, this 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 is originally the union. Yeah, yeah, and they sat out May sixty eight. It's like yeah. it's incredible. But you know, it's the, but you know, in in like nineteen oh six, right? The Japanese are looking at the, like syndicalists looking at this, and like, mm-hmm. oh my god, this, this 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 union has like millions of people in it. Like it's mm-hmm. enormous. It's a syndicalist union. Yeah, which is cool and at so, the time. Yeah, yeah, and like you know, they they, they the, the the Japanese anarchists do is sort of. Their standard syndicalist things like they're they're building up democratic unions. They're like working towards a general strike to seize the means of production. They're like fighting for a society where production is run by workers themselves. Blah 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 mm-hmm. blah. I, I shouldn't blah 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 blah. That's actually it's it's cool. It's fine. But uh, pure anarchism is not that. I'm dying to know what pure anarchism is. This I'm, new anarchism just dropped. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, I mean, years it, ago, it, it's it, it's kind of a it's, it's a version of anarcho communism, but like. What if you like really, really rigorously applied anarcho-communism, and and this this is the thing that doesn't exist anywhere else because everywhere like in the West and in Latin America, like syndicalism and anarcho and anarcho-communism just like fuse, yeah, to the point where like they're not really they're like but there's not really they're not really a separate tendency like nobody's written anarcho-communist theory in like a hundred years, okay. like it, like they they certainly you know they've basically ceased to be separate tendencies, but in Japan. <laughs> Mm-hmm. The syndicalists and the ANCOMs like fight it out to the death. And it, this this produces pure anarchism and it rules. And we're gonna talk about <laughs> what it is because it, it's both wonderful and incredibly silly at the uh-huh. same time. So okay, so to, to understand what they're arguing about, because this is this is this this causes like a, a huge fracture in the anarchist mm-hmm. movements. Um I think we need to sort of like go into like the vulgar Marxist conception of class structure that's kind of shared by the syndicalists. Okay. So, okay, okay. So you're, 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 okay. The, the, the important thing about this is that, like, this doesn't work in Japan. Like, the, the vulgar theory of, like, Marxist class structure, right, is that, like, okay, so you're supposed to have the great industrial proletariat. Mm-hmm. Like, if that's supposed to become a majority of the population, it's supposed to be unified and organized by, like, the discipline of the factory system, and the entire world is supposed to reduce to two classes, like, the, the, bourge- the bourgeoisie and the proletariat, like, one class of people who have nothing to sell but their labor, one class of people who exist purely to, like extract wealth from people yeah. because like, he, he entirely supports this by owning things. And, you know, eventually these are supposed to like, if you, if you read your communist manifesto, eventually these two classes are supposed to like meet themselves in like a final conflict where the proletariat defeats. Mm-hmm. It's the called Ragnarok. Yeah. Yeah. Ragnarok. Yeah. 
and you know the proletariat defeats them and then they they abolish the, the, the conditions of their own existence as a class and you get stateless classless moneyless society it's like a free association of workers and this is what communism is and uh famously this never happened uh-huh um, what? yeah and, and what there's about a lot of the reasons for this <laughs> what about the immortal science yeah <laughs> yeah you know the, well the, the immortal the immortal science we're, we're, yeah this this is the sort of this is the problem with the immortal science is that one instead of unifying the industrial proletariat capitalism like divides it and just sort of like like literally spatially like kicks them into suburbs and you get, mm-hmm. you get this sort of like the system where instead of like unifying everyone into one class, everyone is now this like completely alienated like boomer living in a suburb, even if they still work in a factory. And the other problem is that uh, there's never just two classes. And this what? is a problem that like, yeah, well, yeah. All, who all the guessed? other ones are our enemies. Yeah, that's weird too. I mean, you know, but this is a real problem, right? Because like the, like the Marxists run into this in Russia where it's like – Okay, so we we did our thing, we did our urban proletarian revolution, but like there's all these peasants and they don't like us because we keep taking their grain at gunpoint. And but but you know, so you have you have this one problem, but and, and the other thing way is to like get popular. Yeah, it goes great, right? Not nothing bad ever happens. They don't famously have to kill enormous numbers of these people. But then like, you know, there's something weird happens which is in China uh Stalin managed to get like the entire ur- like the entire urban Chinese working class, like militant working class killed. And so Mao has to like make a revolution with peasants. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, peasants become the sort of like, you know, this, this sort of like this, this is what the actual revolutionary subject of communism winds up being like from like China to Colombia is these peasants. But like, you know, OK, so you, your theory of the industrial proletariat is already down the toilet. And this is what Shuzo is reacting to. Like he looks at Japanese society mm-hmm. and there's like five people who do wage labor. Uh, mostly there's this enormous like like four, I think it's like 14 million people who are tenant farmers mm-hmm. who are like trying to support their families on these like tiny plots of rented land but you know and like Senator Marx's theory is like well okay these people will inevitably be absorbed into capitalism right by they'll be driven by competition or whatever sure, into, into yeah. the market but like they're not it's not happening they're just yeah. they're sitting there and they're still just really poor and paying their landlords well, and they just have to be more this, patient <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, you, you just got to wait for all of Japan to be in, like annihilated to be saved by, by the second war. coming of yeah, uh huh. Yeah, yeah. It, it's 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 going great. But and there's also like there, there's all these other like classes too. Like there's there's these classes of like there's these like petty traders, for example, or like they're like low level go- like really low level government officials. Mm-hmm. Like like you know you're like like a clerk, for mm-hmm. example, who just don't fit into this sort of class schema at all. Like if 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 Marxism thinks about like like small like. I don't know, people who like cut wood and then go into a town and sell it. Like they're like, well, these, these people are petite bourgeois, like they're yeah. reactionaries, blah, blah, blah. And there's this whole history of like anarchists organizing people like this who Marx is just sort of like steer at. Like, like Bolivia has this where like anarchists organize these like uh, these indigenous like peasants, like they're not really peasants, these indigenous artisans whose thing is mm-hmm. like they, they go to market and they sell their craft. And the Marxists were just like, oh, why do we care about these people? Like why? Yeah. They're yeah. not workers. And it always seems like the better, I don't know, whenever I was like presented with the basic analysis of like, okay, we've got the proletariat who have terrible lives in factories, and then you have the lumpen proletariat who refuse that kind of work and are like beggars and thieves and uh, people doing work outside of the traditional system or whatever. And then you have the petty bourgeoisie who are like, you know, own stores or artisans or whatever, and then you have the bourgeoisie over it. And it's just always funny to me because I look at I'm like, well, clearly the only ones that would be worth being would be lump and proletariat or petty bourgeoisie. Yeah. <laughs> like they're the only ones who get to have any fun. <laughs> like, yeah, and, you know, and and I think like like th- this is the problem that that Shuzo sees, and mm-hmm. I'm I'm going to read part of um, 
uh, Krupp's book about his solution to this, because I think it's really interesting. Um, Given the failure of the available methods of class analysis to capture the subtleties of Japan's social structure, Hada developed the notion of the propertyless masses as an alternative concept to the proletariat. The the propertyless masses was a wide-ranging term which encompassed tenant farmers, small traders, petty officials, artisans, and even wage laborers when they are prepared to forsake their preoccupation with narrowly defending advantages uh, that accompanied their urban lifestyle and were ready to throw in their lot with the other oppressed strata. Yeah, it makes sense. That's just the 99%. You know, it's the like... Or it's just the haves and the have-nots. It's like okay. Well, well it, it's it's kind of, but but okay, okay. Th- th- there's there's a crucial difference here, which okay. is that like, okay, so the 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 other like the the really big thing about the pure anarchists is that they don't believe in class struggle. Okay. And the reason why they don't believe in class struggle is that they think that okay, so they they look at the history of the union movement, right? And it's like okay, so has the union movement ended capitalism? And it's like no. So like mm-hmm. okay, what what does it actually do? And the answer is it gets people slightly more money under capitalism, which is nice too. Yeah, which which is nice, but it's also like Shuzo like adopts this too. But there's another Japanese anarchist who who has this metaphor. It's like he he compares it to like people fighting inside of like a, a bandit gang. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, okay, so if you have you have like fight like the the bosses of the bandit gang are obviously exploiting like the the, the lower level people in the bandit gang, mm-hmm. but you know if even even if the even if the the, the low level people in this bandit gang like take over, they're not actually going to stop being a bandit gang, right? It's just that the the the, dis- the distribution of where the bandit gang wealth is going changes, mm-hmm. and this is a big thing for 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 the the pure anarchists because the pure anarchists. Are you know they're, they're looking at the the industrial working class and like this is tiny and they're they're all exploiting the countryside, mm-hmm. and so because of that like they 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 look at this they they look at the the union movement and they they look at it at like class struggle like classical TM like class struggle, and they're like well this doesn't cause a revolution all this does is just like sort of reorients like who's in power inside of uh well, that's what the Bolsheviks did right. Yeah, but but it's it's not just what the Bolsheviks, so they apply this to the Bolsheviks, but like it's also like there is analysis of what a union is, is that you're like class struggle is just defending your position under capitalism. Okay. But you're also fighting very specifically narrowly for your class, right? So if you're like mm-hmm. a factory worker, right? You're fighting for you and the other factory workers. You're not fighting for like, I don't know, like a tenant farmer. You're not you're not even fighting from like for like the guy down the tree who bakes bread. It's like you're you know, it, it, the these these things that are like that are but they thought like instruments of class struggles, so like your mm-hmm. workers' council, your unions, your Soviets. Like they don't actually get rid of class. It's just now another class has power. And it doesn't matter if it's sort of like, and this is what they're arguing is like, it doesn't matter if it's like democratic. It doesn't matter if it's like, you know, like it, it, there, there, there's no difference in how the actual eventually the, the class dynamics will play out. It doesn't matter if it's like, you know, like Lenin making, like Stalin making himself dictator, or you have a bunch of democratic like Soviets. Because they're both still instruments of class power, they're both sort of just going to reproduce this this whole system, okay. and yeah, and so they 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 have this thing that they 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 counterpose, which is like class struggle is just about like stuff that's happening inside the system, but that's different from revolution, which is like destroying this the system entirely. And this is where you get into his stuff about the division of labor, which is I think is really interesting because it I I, I think. This this sphere of pure anarchism got to a bunch of critiques of stuff that people have gotten to now, but they got to it in like 1920. Where okay, so Shuzo's like one of his big things is that like the division of labor is inherently exploitative because it like it destroys sort of rural communal living and it replaces it with the centralization of expertise and the centralization of power. 
And he also thinks that like science is like a, a capitalist engine that's used to like create the the, the division of labor, mm-hmm. and then it's used to create like mechanization, and it's used to create a, like labor exploitation. Yeah, this that sounds like modern. A lot of like stuff that I read more modern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except again, this is like they're doing this in like like nineteen twenty seven. Yeah, but you know what else is a capitalist engine of exploitation? Products and services. The podcast industrial (laughs) complex. It's true. High Five Casino Casino is a social casino with real prizes and big Vegas hits at HighFiveCasino.com. The hottest games right from Vegas and all winnings go straight to your bank account. Hundreds of exclusive games, free daily rewards, and come back to get free coins every four hours. Only at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details at HighTheNumberFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino. Before AI can help your business predict demand, accelerate growth, inform decisions, automate tasks, reveal insights, generate content, you have to trust it. Introducing WatsonX Governance. Helping you govern any AI as data, models, and policies change so you can scale it responsibly. Let's create AI that begins with trust with WatsonX Governance. Learn more at ibm.com governance. IBM. Let's create. Dad deserves something really nice for Father's Day. But let's face it, we usually don't do it. Big gifts are for Mother's Day. Picking something up on the way is for Father's Day. Well, let's make Father's Day something this year with the Bartesian Cocktail Maker. It whips up over 60 premium cocktails on demand, each ready at the push of a button. And right now, you get $50 off the Bartesian Cocktail Maker when you buy one pack of Dad's favorite cocktail capsules. Dad will publicly love that you saved 50 on the countertop machine that crafts premium cocktails on demand. And he'll secretly love that you splurged on him for Father's Day with the gift of a Bartesian. Because the only thing that lets Dad know he's the world's number one dad better than a world's number one dad coffee mug is an artisan cocktail in his hand. Make dad's Father's Day and Father's Day cocktails with all natural juices and bitters without making any mess at all. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N dot com backslash father to get $50 off the best premium cocktail maker for dad at the best price for you. Bartesian. Premium cocktails on demand. Baseball fans, BetMGM is giving you the chance to win a prize every day during the baseball season. Step into the batter's box for BetMGM's Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. Pick an area of the strike zone and take your best swing. If you get a single, double, triple, or home run, you'll receive a prize. Smash a home run to collect a bonus bet on us. Just log into your BetMGM sports account to get started. Then visit your promotions section to access the Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. There's nothing more exciting than going yard with the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. Must be 21 plus and present in Ohio. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards vary depending on market and expire 24 hours from issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In partnership with MGM Northfield Park. And we're back with uh, more things that are exploitative. And uh, the, <laughs> yeah. the, the well, no okay, revolution so the, theoretically, theoretically not. Well, yes, yes, but we 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 have we have to get through we have to get through the last exploitative thing, which okay. is the thing I, I talked a bit about this earlier. But 
like the pure anarchists argue that like cities inherently are this concentration of wealth and resources and power. And so like farmers and workers need to work together to destroy all forms of power, including cities. Whoa. And this sounds a lot like primitivism. <laughs> which, yeah, it does. Although, yeah. you know, they wouldn't necessarily be like repping the farmers. I think I think primitivism might be the wrong term, but it's definitely yeah. a lot of like the anti-tech stuff. Yeah. It's, well, like, it's it's interesting. They, they, okay, so they have they have like they, they they thread this needle where so like th- there are people in this period who want to just go back to pure rural agrarianism and don't want there to be technology. Mm-hmm. And the pure anarchists are like, no, we still want technology, but we don't want the division of labor. So they're like, we and, like our reaping machines, so we don't have to work as much when we're farming. We just don't want everyone to live in apartments. Yeah, I mean, it, even the reaping machine, I don't know. Like, I, It's kind of unclear to me how this is exactly supposed to work, because like, we'll, we'll get into this. I guess we can just get into this now, which is that like, okay, so... They really don't like the division of labor because they think the division of labor, like, well, okay, they have, they have, like, there's like three critiques of it. One is that, like, when you have the division of labor, labor becomes, like, mechanized and industrialized. And when that happens, mm-hmm. um, labor, bec- like, is gets reduced to just, like, a cog you put in a machine. Mm-hmm. And they, they see this as, like, this is, like, an inherent, like, thing that happens with, with labor specialization is you just end up, like being a person who makes one repetitive move in a factory over and over again, like you're not free because of this. Um, And they also argue that like specialization means that people only care about like the labor that they do. And so th- this gives you like an identity that, that divides workers from one sector. Like say if you're, if you're, you know, you're like a coal miner, right? Mm-hmm. Your daily experience is so utterly different than a baker and it's not just like your experience. It's like it's like your knowledge is different. The other person is not gonna like the baker is not gonna understand what you're doing. Um, and you I know, keep and wanting the, the, to argue against this political position that I know is a hundred years I, old. I, I keep trying to be like, hard. no, yeah, no, no, that th- misunderstands <laughs> the nature of specialization at all. You know, but then I'm like, all right, I I can't these go back and convince dead. these people. They're all dead. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, I I think like I I think okay. This is I, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, put on my 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 marks my like weird left com marks noise and go oh it's a critique not a platform okay which is not they they actually want it as a platform but like i think right it would have been a great critique and not a very good platform yeah their the platform yeah i, I mean i, th- I think there's there's there are interesting elements of it like they, they mm-hmm. have this argument that like okay so if, if you have your like your your syndicalist like society mm-hmm. right where okay so you you, you have a bunch of like you have a bunch of like coal miners. You have a bunch of people who like make pots and pans, mm-hmm. but you you need to coordinate your labor, okay? Because you, because you 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 have like specialization. You have branches of labor, and their argument is that okay. So well, the, the, the syndicalist way you do this is you have coordinating committees, right? You you like elect a person, you like send them to a coordinating council, and the coordinating council like coordinates stuff. Okay. And Shuzo's like, well, that's just going to turn. like thing is like that's just going to turn into a state. Like you're just going to create a permanent class, even even if you rotate people, you're 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 creating an administrative body that's going to like rebuild the state again. Uh, and yeah, I like okay, like I'm I, making I don't, this like it, shrugging gesture that the audience can't. I'm like, ah, yeah, I got you know. Yeah, I I don't okay, so like I don't think he's right about like most of this. Like I think he's sort of wrong about a like almost all of it. The 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 thing the thing that stuck with me though when I read this is. Like his specific critique of syndicalism, which mm-hmm. is that 
it maintains like the structure of the old world. Mm-hmm. Because if, if if you're a syndicalist and your your society is based on unions running their workplaces, then you you've maintained the division of labor, but you've also maintained like the basic like geographic, physical, technological, and organizational structure of capitalism. Sure. Like all, all of the like all of that stuff is still in the same place and you're still sort of like going there to do your job. And and I think there there is an interesting sort of like like I I think there was a genuinely interesting critique there of yeah, yeah like how, how how do you make sure that you aren't just sort of reproducing that stuff? And like like I mean I don't know, like the the critique of why would you want to build a society like structured along the lines of production? Like why mm-hmm. like why do you want to structure your society around work? Like that's awful. I, I like that about the pure anarchists where they were kind of like, let's 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 throw away the Marxist shit for a minute and like just actually like figure out what we want and like I, I like that about it. I, but I, I dislike the idea of like well it's it's it would be my problem with syndicalism and most of the syndicalists I met believe in syndicalism as a, a, a method and not a end result, yeah. right? Um it's a way of building workers' power, not a, a way to create a society. But but if syndicalists were like, everyone must wake up and go to their work job and then make eight widgets, but it's collectively determined which widgets that you make, right? Like, fuck that. But also, yeah. if it was like, everyone goes and wakes up and goes to their collective farm, and maybe we use reaping machines, and maybe we don't. And it's just like, I get so unexcited by... It's like one of the reasons that like a lot of the like nitpicky branches of anarchism don't... They interest me, but I don't like subscribe to any of them, is because I'm like, well... What if some people like this shit and some people like this shit? Like, you know, yeah. maybe they're going to be fucking different. Imagine that we could have a plurality of uh, economic models, systems, but, you know, whatever. Um, I'm now well, arguing I, with dead people who I no, probably would have like, gotten no, along is, with in real life. This is interesting. Like, well, I don't know, because these guys like, they, they have like the Maoist thing going on where like mm-hmm. they will like attack other leftist groups who like don't like uh, follow their line mm-hmm. and so th- this is where this whole thing is wild because so, so one of the other things is like the 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 pure anarchists are like completely convinced that syndicalism is like a sort of like well they think it's it's just like a, it's not an anarchist thing it's just like a, a tendency of the labor movement and they also think that like it's basically like a bastardized form of marxism because <laughs> they're not like entirely <laughs> wrong about either of those things but yeah it's, it's except- different at different places and times yeah, but it's like the the thing the thing that they have about it, like because they're they're completely convinced that syndicalism will inevitably just like turn into like Soviet communism. It's like yeah, it's it's incredibly silly. Um, but like like this, you know, I mean, like on the one hand, like they they are kind of inventing a lot of the sort of like like they're they're inventing a lot of the sort of like some okay some bad arguments about uh uh like specialization and stuff like and like mm-hmm. some anti-work stuff too that like is going to be around later yeah they're also inventing a lot of stuff that's like eh. and you know initially this kind of like new theory doesn't have this doesn't have an enormous effect um in, in 1920 in 1926 the the, the Federation of Black Youth or Kokuran has its first public meeting and they, they, they have a bunch of cool slogans. Their, their slogans rule. They have uh, 
The emancipation of workers must be carried out by the workers themselves. We insist mm-hmm. on libertarian federation. Destroy the political movement. Get rid of, <laughs> uh, reject the proletarian party. Get rid of professional activists. Yes. Down with all oppressive laws and ordinances. That, that is an entirely based platform. <laughs> yeah, all it's right. sweet. All right, it's it's good. Yeah. And, and, and the other thing is, despite the fact that it's called the Federation of Black Youth, this is like not a youth. I mean, I mean, there's like youth in it, but like it's it's this thing's backed by like remember those those printers unions that I was talking about last episode that Osagi yeah. Sakai had like set up. So they're all heavily involved in this, um, and they do a bunch of cool labor stuff. Like they they get involved in like uh, there's a bunch of tram worker strikes they get involved in. They they're in this. Uh, the, the Japanese musical instrument company strike, which is like, there's like over a thousand Whoa. people on strike for like over a hundred days. And there's, there's this great split where like, so the leadership of the union is Bolshevik, but like a bunch of the, like a bunch of the, the, the ordinary people in the union are anarchists. And so you have the, there's, there's like, there's this fun tension going around they, you know, they're, they're, they're doing the stuff. Um, and then the anarchist form, um, Zengoku Jiren, which is the the All Japanese Libertarian Federation of Labor Unions, which is a it's a federation of twenty five unions. Wait, these are the pure ha- anarchists that you're talking about that are doing all this? Oh, so I, sorry. At, at this point, they they haven't split yet. Oh, okay. Because uh, I was like, like this yeah, sounds this is, like all the stuff that they said that they don't want to do. Yeah. Well, this is okay, the other the other wild thing about this is that like okay, so the the entirety of like of like pure anarchist theory right is about how like unions don't do revolutions and that class struggle, but like mm-hmm. they still do strikes. Okay. Like they still do all the normal stuff. It's kind of wild. Okay, I kind of like that. Yeah, and you know, and like, and, and this that that's sort of how they're able to get along in this early period. Mm-hmm. And these unions, like, okay, so there's like a lot of printers unions in this because the printers unions are just really anarchist. But there's there's mm-hmm. like a, there's a tenant farmers union. There's a bunch of like rubber unions, and it grows to like fifteen thousand workers almost immediately. And yeah, they they're doing a lot of cool stuff. Like they they have they have these huge demonstrations in support of Sacco and Vanzetti. Mm-hmm. Uh, who the U.S. is killing for being anarchists and also Italians, just like yeah, the one time anti-Italian racism was real. <laughs> and a <laughs> hundred years ago, shit was real different than it is now, and it doesn't. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and for 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 one year, this like this works great. Uh, you know, like the the. Yeah, the, the union's up to like I think they get up to like twenty thousand, thirty thousand members. Like mm-hmm. it, it, it gets pretty big, but then nineteen twenty seven, uh, intense conflict between the syndicalists and the anarcho and the the pure anarchists break out, and it, uh, this gets so bad so fast that like the International Working Man's Association, which is the like the the giant international like federation of syndicalist movements, mm-hmm. like sends them a letter that are like, hey, uh, syndicalists and anarcho communists get along every literally everywhere else on earth. They're chill. Can you guys like. <laughs> chill and uh the, the anarcho-communists in kokuren uh their response is uh we are fighting quote the betrayers opportunists and union imperialists in zengoku jiren's oh, ranks <laughs> it's, no. it's amazing uh-huh. um this is why we so can't that, have nice things yo it's great it gets better it gets better so it gets so better as we always lose I, yeah, because but, you shit. know. Okay, uh-huh. look in, in, in the nineteen twenty eight conference. Uh, so, uh, Sengoku Juren, which is the 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 union federation, like they they have the, they have this conference, they have the yearly conference nineteen twenty eight, and there's just like giant battle over like what the organization's platform is going to be, a thing that doesn't matter at all, mm-hmm. except it's a proxy ideological fight, and uh, <laughs> both sides just start screaming at each other. And I'm I'm gonna read this description from Hadashizo and Piranicism into War Japan. Uh huh. 
Kokura and members barricaded the uh, uh, barracked the anar- the anarchist syndicalists, jeering and catcalling them. And the proceedings degenerated to the level where it was almost impossible to hear the speeches. Eventually, the anarcho-syndicalists decided they had had enough. Unflurling their black flags, they walked out of the hall to a chorus of taunts such as "believers, blind believers in central authority, Bolsheviks and betrayers. Oh my god, get over yourself. Oh my god. <laughs> no, okay. To to be fair to the pure anarchist, uh, mm-hmm. one of so okay, a, a bunch of the the syndicalist unions start leaving. Mm-hmm. And uh one of them does actually join the Bolsheviks, but like all the other ones don't because they're not. And you get this pure there's like they have yeah. like the, the syndicalists and the the pure anarchists have dueling magazines. Uh there's one called Black Flag and there's one called Black Battle and like so Kokoran, <laughs> which is like the, the youth movement thing, like the syndicalists and the anarchists are still in it together and they like they start just like fighting each other in the street when they run into each other because they, uh, the uh the this is like, more depressing than everyone getting murdered after the earthquake. Not the it's, genocide it's part, but the anarchist killing part. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, the, yeah, yeah, it, it's it's. Oh my it's god! Like, uh-huh. it's incredible, you know. And like, yeah, they, they. What's interesting about this though is that like, the anarcho communists, like when the union splits, like almost all of the people stay with the anarcho communists, even uh-huh. though the anarcho communists are like explicitly saying we're not fighting for like wage increases, uh, we're just fighting for revolution. Which and, is fine. I'm all right with that. Yeah. Well, I, but there's interesting stuff too, where it's like, like they're also, so b- b- because they have this thing that's like, okay, so the, the urban workers are like exploiting the, oh, well, I, okay. Their line about it's complicated because it's like, they, they, they think the urban workers are exploiting the countryside, but they also don't think that the solution to it is to just like turn it the other way around. They think that like the workers and the tenant farmers just work together to like, all right. make the oppression go away that seems which is fair. like a reasonable stance on it yeah but it means that you know they're interested in like they're interested in the rural, the rural movement in a way that like the other japanese left movements aren't mm-hmm. but uh unfortunately you know okay th- th- there's a big debate as to whether this split like actually like like how big a role this split had in the collapse of anarchism because mm-hmm. like by 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 like by like 1931 like the fascists have just straight up taken over manchuria like Things have gotten so fascist that it's like it's unclear whether the split mattered at all. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but you know, they they run into this problem where like, like, Kokuren, like the state really hates them, mm-hmm. and they all a bunch of them get arrested, and they you know they respond to being arrested by like getting more militant, but then that just you know that fuels the cycle of them getting arrested more, and people just leave because they're like, well, okay, if I'm in this organization, like we're all just going to like get shot. I mean, that's the clandestinity and, spiral. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's just a real problem. And like Hadashizu himself becomes just like incredibly depressed by the suppression of the movement. And by 1932, he just leaves. Like mm-hmm. he's just out. He like renounces anarchism. He uh, abuses his wife because this is the story of a bunch of guys who sucked. Ugh. And then he drinks himself to death. Stabbers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess. Okay. He, he did it to him. He, yeah, he drinks himself he, to death. He got so, it done on his own. Yeah, and you know, so he 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 dies and he like kills himself. Well, I I don't think he was doing it on purpose, but he just yeah, he yeah dies yeah. from drinking too much in 1934. And that year, actually, the narco communists, narco syndicalists, like get back together, but it doesn't matter because by this point, the fascists are just sort of in power. And yeah, the anarchists they they do they do one last rural uprising. Okay. And they, they fight a lot of cops and then all of them get arrested and anarchism just sort of dies until the end of World War II. 
Okay. And yeah, it's, you know, okay. Anarchism does reemerge after the war, but that's like, that, that's a whole nother story in, entirely. Uh, what, what I will say about it is uh, if, if you see those, those construction hats from like 1968 protests and you see one that's just all black, it doesn't have like a name written on it. Like those are the anarchists. Cool. They're still around. Cool. Um, and you know, anarchism in Japan like survives to this day. Uh, there's, there, there's a book called the manual for a worldwide for a worldwide Manuke revolt that like one day I swear to God, I'm actually going to read, mm-hmm. but it is uh, really big in China. Well, okay. I say really big in China. It's very influential in a very small subcultural anarchist scene mm-hmm. in China, but I'm talking about them because it heavily influenced uh, like the, the, the people who wrote the lying flat manifesto um, were like, we're very heav- heavily influenced by this stuff. What's so, the lying flat you know, manifesto? Oh, okay, okay. So we we did an episode about this a while back, but lying flat was this thing in China. I guess still going on, but like people were just like, it, it's kind of it was kind of the version of anti work, mm-hmm. where a bunch of people like discovered Diogenes and were like, what if I just didn't work? All like, right. what if I just like lived on like, I worked like one day a month and then lived on like nothing, so I didn't have to work? Or what if I just quit? What if I just like stop doing all of this capitalist stuff? And what if I like stop having to deal with this patriarchy? And what if I just like. You know, it, 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 yeah, and it, it takes that it sounds cool. kind pretty, of like, yeah, yeah, they're, it's, they're, they're it's great. Good. They lots of fun Diogenes quotes, lots of like the, the, the manifesto they released is like very, it's like very anarchist. And yeah, like that whole thing. And that, and that was like, like this, this is a big enough social movement that like, like Xi Jinping like mentioned it in a speech. Okay. And so, yeah, like Japanese anarchism still has like influence big, it, to this it day. Was like yeah, a it was big a big problem deal. for them. They were like yeah. kind of kind of concerned about it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like the, 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 the same way a whole bunch of like oligarchs got concerned about the anti-work stuff. And you saw mm-hmm. like anti-work hit pieces in the past like six months. Mm-hmm. It was yeah, yeah. it's like s- similar things being like, well, this better not catch on more because that could really suck for us. <laughs> The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. Welcome to Burger Yippee. Would you like a hot apple pie today? Yes, yes, yeah, I won. Woohoo! So that's a yes on the apple pie? I just went big time playing high five casino on my phone. Real cash prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. Yeah! So yes or no on the apple pie? Woo! I won again! I'll take that as a yes. Drive around. Have you had your high five moment today? Only at highfivecasino.com. High five casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High five casino. What if AI could help your business deliver mission-critical outcomes with speed? With IBM Consulting, your business can design, build, and scale trusted AI using Watson X and modernize the way you work to accelerate real impact. Let's create AI that transforms your business. Learn more at ibm.com consulting. IBM. Let's create. Father's Day is coming, a day we celebrate the guy who's always there for us to crack a dad joke. Well, you know what's not a dad joke? Getting $50 off the Bartesian Premium Cocktail Maker with the purchase of his favorite cocktail capsule pack. $50 off, no dad joke. See, this is a dad joke. I lost my glasses today, and guess who I bumped into? Everyone. 
But the Bartesian cocktail maker, it's no joke. Each cocktail capsule contains real fruit juices and all natural bitters, so dad can make over 60 premium cocktails he loves. Sidecars, old fashions, gimlets, all with the push of a button. So for the dad who loves a cocktail with friends and a good joke from time to time, get the Bartesian premium cocktail maker. $50 off now until Father's Day. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash father to get 50 off the best premium cocktail maker for dad at the best price for you. Bartesian, premium cocktails on demand. Baseball fans, BetMGM is giving you the chance to win a prize every day during the baseball season. Step into the batter's box for BetMGM's Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. Pick an area of the strike zone and take your best swing. If you get a single, double, triple, or home run, you'll receive a prize. Smash a home run to collect a bonus bet on us. Just log into your BetMGM sports account to get started. Then visit your promotions section to access the Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. There's nothing more exciting than going yard with the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. Must be 21 plus and present in Ohio. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards vary depending on market and expire 24 hours from issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's as optimistic of a note as you could possibly get out of the story, which is that uh, they're still around and they still influence things that matter. So, yeah. and hopefully they don't uh, fight each other more than the state. Yeah, don't don't do that. Like I, like yes, I I, I, I guess I will make my controversial. Sometimes it's okay to stab an abuser into the throat stance, but also don't purge all your syndicalists because on the accusation of bolshevism hot take don't purge all your syndicalists yeah <laughs> yeah don't, like... don't systematize violence like that you know you're like this individual yeah. guy just did this thing and i'm real upset that he just did it to me and there's like a throat i'm not actually making an actual advocacy i'm talking about how sometimes when that has happened in history that seemed kind of cool but yeah not the not the systemic kick out all the people who have this minor i mean it's really yeah. funny to me because i'm like i'm like huge anti-infighting then people are like don't you spend all your time fighting tankies on the internet and i'm like they want to make a state that's different yeah <laughs> they believe that they everyone should be thrown in jail that is a different thing <laughs> um uh, also i don't like you gotta manage the polycule drama like you gotta yeah. manage; it's yeah. gotta be kept under control. <laughs> like you, you cannot allow your entire scene to be factionalized over rival polycules. And, and anarchists <laughs> control your polycule drama. Quotations. <laughs> no, uh, parenthesis. Impossible. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> see, that's why you just need more. No, maybe it's not true. It's like you need more multi generational anarchists because <laughs> I think people in their forties give less of a shit about a lot of the drama. But then I'm like. <laughs> Maybe that's not true. Maybe people in their forties would give just as much of a shit about all the drama. <laughs> uh, anarchism, wonderful idea. Yes. Yep. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a it's bit. good. And speaking of wonderful ideas, uh, it, it is time for us 
to, to do the plugs. Um, it, it, first, uh, I just want to plug Jamie Loftus's new Cool Zone Media podcast, Ghost Church by Jamie Loftus. Uh, by the time this drops, episode one will be out and episode two will be dropping on... Forthwith, the next Monday, I believe. Yes, exactly. And uh, we also have another podcast on Cool Zone Media with uh, one Margaret Killjoy called Cool People Who Did Cool Stuff. Margaret, you want to tell us about that? Oh, shit. Should I start working on that? I'll get it done by Monday. Oh, okay. Cool. cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a new podcast called Cool People Who Did Cool Stuff, which is uh, about cool people who um, did did cool stuff. And you might like it if you like stories about people who... Um, I can't say cool stuff again. I'll have to use come up with more synonyms. Really, it's just all a competition to see how many synonyms for cool I can come up with without using the word based because I feel like I'm too old to use the word based without. Really, this is what you are here for. So I'm much more eloquent on my podcast, which you can catch every Monday and Wednesday, uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Probably wherever you got this podcast is where you can find it. And the trailer is out now. So you can go and you can listen to the trailer where I talk about some anarchist bank robbers who broke out of prison. Because why would you be in prison when you could be outside of prison, which is generally the preferable position to be in? Uh, With the exception of like every now and then, like people break out out of jail by like someone goes to jail on purpose, but they have like hacksaw blades in their shoes and shit. That would be cool too. Um, so more breaking your friends out of jail and less chasing them out of the room, jeering at them is my <laughs> general rule. <laughs> I hate to make rules, but if I were to make one, it would be that. And you can hear me talk about those kinds of stories on the podcast. Yay. Well, thank you, thank thank you so much for joining joining us today, uh, for for Chris to talk about uh, the wonderful wonderful history of uh, Japanese anarchism <laughs> and the many uh, the many deaths that are <sighs> associated in uh, those poor people. In, yeah, oh, no. the the like the basic like a like a mini Korean genocide. Uh, yeah, yeah, intense. Well, that does it for us today. <laughs> you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Happen Your Pod and Cool Zone Media. Uh, see you next week. And go listen to podcasts. We have many of them. Wow. It Could Happen Here is a production of Cool Zone Media. For more podcasts from Cool Zone Media, visit our website, coolzonemedia.com, or check us out on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find sources for It Could Happen Here updated monthly at coolzonemedia.com slash sources. Thanks for listening. The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. Welcome to Burger Yippee. Would you like a hot apple pie today? Yes, yes, yeah, I won. Woohoo! So that's a yes on the apple pie? I just went big time playing high five casino on my phone. Real cash prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. Yeah. So yes or no on the apple pie? Woo! I won again. I'll take that as a yes. Drive around. Have you had your high five moment today? Only at highfivecasino.com. High five casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High five casino. What's up, guys? This is Sean, Lights Out Merriment, and Saturday, June 15th, Lights Out Extreme Fighting 17 returns to Casino Palma in San Diego. Get your tickets now at LightsOutXF.com, and we'll be live on Lights Out Sports TV, available on all major platforms. 
Doors open at 5 p.m. Pacific. You don't want to miss this one. It's going to be lights out. Lights Out Sports is free sports TV by athletes for fans. For details about the event and tickets, go to lightsoutxf.com. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. I'm going out with the girls this weekend. Nails, done. Outfit, stunner. And my skin, I know it's going to be glowing because I glammed up my shower routine with new Olay Indulgent Moisture Body Wash. It smells so luxurious and deeply moisturizes with its super rich, creamy lather that's bursting with vitamin B3 complex. So my skin glows and my confidence grows. Try new Olay Indulgent Moisture Body Wash for glowing skin in just 14 days.